Jim Joyce. Mm. I was trying to do my makeup earlier. I don't know. Yeah, this the, is, the, this the lighting is, is pretty bad. This could take a lot of hair and makeup <laughs> to get me you know, the, pretty the for main, the week. The main reason I look forward to Wednesdays also is I actually do like a proper shave for Wednesday. Not that anybody really pays attention or not, but I just feel like. I yeah, don't know. Do, you, do you only oh, you do a proper shave or do you shave every day? Or? Uh, I mean, for all of our viewers and listeners, it's a little TMI, but I shave in the shower. I go, you know, really kind of, you know. This is this is what people are tuning in for a shot of digital health and grooming tips. <laughs> or, or as uh, our previous one of the previous guests, Steve, uh, Steve Sanchez said, "Have fun on the shot." So uh, I don't know if we're going to shorten the show name, the shot, or not. And, right. Uh, we might have to. We have to shorten some of the intros too. <laughs> It could so, be edutainment, right? We're educating right. people and entertaining people at the same time. So we're making our own yeah, yeah. podcast category. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. So we got a lot going on. Uh, right? Yeah. Think, yeah. So we, we did the whole coverage of the Health Excel event last week, right? And That's right. Then That's right. That, so we, we boxed that off. And then we had huge results from our last guest, right? Like was, it was uh, Melinda was off the, off the hook. Off, like, off the hook. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I haven't refreshed today on all, all our visitors and views because I think our, our, our viewers slash listeners are kind of tired of listening to our stats. But uh, <laughs> she is now in top five out of the two seasons in total. So, you After know, the, only the, a few days. Yeah, well, a week now, right? But like skyrocketed right. up. So I think, uh, you know, I'll probably do a little bit of like top five thing. I don't know, over the weekend or whenever yeah. I get to it. Very much unproduced. Right. Yeah, but, you, you uh, thought I was having kind of a manic episode during that one. <laughs> I was asking that question. <laughs> I, I, you were on something, uh, that's for sure. So how, how, are your, how are your ribs recovering, by the way? The healing. The healing. I'm doing a lot of uh, breathing exercise, reflecting on our, what was our, who's our guest that had our breathing? Uh, Kristen. Kristen, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Kristen, doing lots of breathing exercise. Cause that's the, I guess that's the whole thing is you're trying to preserve your lungs, like in a rib injury, you know, so how to, got the proper break analyzed um, back in. I'm not back on the bike yet. I think I'm going to wait another week before I help. Yeah, I, w- I would. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, unless uh, you're going to uh, get some more drugs prescribed to you, which actually maybe you'll do a very quick intro for our next guest. But before we yes. go there, so this is our 10th episode in season two. I right. guess we'll keep our viewers and listeners a little kind of, you know, a little mystery of what we're going to do. Is it, is this today is the end of season two? Are we going to have a recap end? show? I don't know. We'll, we'll need to figure right. that out, but. Yeah, um, we'll see where it goes. Okay. So, so anyway. Okay, so, so our guest, I'm assuming she's in the waiting room, ready to go. She is already, yes. Okay, she's excellent. So she would be very prompt. She's a, a pharmacist uh, by training. We have Leonora uh, O'Brien joining us as the CEO, um, one of the, the founders um, of PharmaPod. So uh, like a digital healthcare company that's been around for a long time. Actually, well, I saw Leonora for the first time at um, a Health Excel event. I think I've met it through Health Excel. It all I was going to say, all roads still lead to <laughs> Health Excel, at least in Dublin. I'm going to let but, her in. If yeah, let her, her in, let her yeah. in. And I'll give her a little more. She's like, I've seen her. She's won every, every award I can possibly imagine for startups and digital. She's kind of high energy. And I think she also, we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm, I'm sure we've met her at JP Morgan uh, and spent some time with her in the famous Irish bars during J.P. Morgan. So I don't know, she's showing up here. Um, she joined in. 
but it went, I'm not sure we can see her uh, or here we go, hear here we go. her. There we go. Hey, hey. <laughs> hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Great to see very, you. Great to see you. Very I good. You, I have you balancing on um, a piano music stand. <laughs> How did you know Excellent. that's where I'm standing right now? No, no way. <laughs> right. I just finished playing the piano. Do you play the piano? Badly. Self-taught. Self-taught. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So I just did a quick intro. Um, you, so you've never met you before? No, not, not, uh, no. not in person. I've just watched some of the, the, uh, the stuff that you both do. You're like the, the Statler and Waldorf of digital health. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I feel like I know Eugene and, you know, I follow him on Twitter and things, so. Right. Cool. Well, good to so meet I, you virtually. Uh, and I'm yeah. going to eventually have a drink to this because it is a shot of digital <laughs> health therapy. So new bottle, by the way, Jim. <laughs> really, is it? Really boring bottle of water. Right. I don't have anything. I, I don't trust myself. Like once I start drinking and interviewing <laughs> or asking or talking. I don't trust myself. So I just did a really quick introduction. So I, I actually was thinking about you. We were looking for uh, dynamic digital health leaders uh, to join us in the podcast. I thought of you immediately. <laughs> I thought of you immediately. Hi. And no, but I probably reached out to you a while, but I did a quick introduction. But maybe if you just tell, you know, all of our thousands and millions of listeners, um, you know, about yourself and uh, in PharmaPod, that would, that'd be good. we could start there. And then how okay. you met me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, started Pharmapod about, uh, well, it was it's seven and a half years ago now. And oh, is that all? Yeah, that, 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 that feels like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, seven and a half years ago. And, and, I, and we actually incorporated really early, which is a real lesson for me, you know, starting a business because there's, there's so many supports available you know, when you're in that year one to three, but the, the, the ticker starts going when it's when you incorporate. So right. I was actually in full-time employment when I incorporated the company. Um, but if I did that again, I would just kind of wait until we get the, the first customers and things like that. So that, that was definitely yeah. learning. Um, but I, I was working for the pharmacy regulator at the time. And in Ireland. Prior, in Ireland. In Ireland. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in Ireland, although... You pre COVID could be anywhere, so sitting in Ireland. Um, and then before that, I was the chief pharmacist for Unicare Pharmacy in Ireland, which was the largest pharmacy chain. Um, and then I went to work for uh, their corporate uh, group, uh, Celestio, in Germany, and I was there for um, a, a number of years and had responsibility across eight European countries, which was an amazing experience. And it was all around patient safety, clinical services. So just really yep. um, seeing where the pockets of excellence were across the different subsidiaries and trying to pool all that learning um, and share the learning across the group, which was brilliant because, you know, everyone was so diverse culturally. Um, you know, people, you, you, you know, that weren't, uh, it wasn't English wasn't their native language. It was amazing how quickly they understood everything and just ran with it. Um, but yeah, very quickly, uh, I understood the power of kind of technology then trying to disseminate all of that information and trying to communicate um, effectively and efficiently instead of jumping on planes. Which yep. was a lot of, you know, I started this kind of a wiki um page and just everyone was going in to download documents and it was really useful so i was thinking right this this is 
this is good. Um, and yeah, but, but having worked for Unicare Pharmacy, you know, it was the first time that uh, this, this role called a superintendent pharmacist role came to pass in law. So, you know, before that, everyone was just accountable for their own uh, practice. But then when this came into legislation, uh, then I was responsible. I could be held in a court of law, you know, should a patient be harmed uh, and all of that. So, so it was a massive learning, not only for myself, but for, uh, you know, all the other chief pharmacists across the country. So, um, and we all collaborated really well together, actually. We shared best practice and got our heads around this new legislat legislation because nobody really knew the sanctions. So, mm. um, but yeah, very quickly, I had to get up to speed with, um, you know, get our, all our policies and procedures as a company in order and just make sure that the, the patients were safe and that um, everything was run efficiently and in line with uh, the new pharmacy legislation. So that, you know, that they were, they were, they were all kind of big roles, but all, you know, the common denominator for me was that medication errors is so easy to happen and, it, and no country was immune from, from that mm -hmm. issue. Uh, and I also saw that good 90, high, in the high 90s percent um, were preventable. So I just okay. felt, you know, something, ha you know, we have to do something. It's incumbent upon me as a pharmacist if I, feel like you know, I can make a difference to make a difference. And so that became the, the focus. And um, here I am like <laughs> seven in, and in a half. In startup land years. now. Yes. In a, start, yeah. in a startup land for seven and a half years. Yeah, doing. <laughs> and so for, first of all, what, what time, roughly what year was the Silesio? Um, because I've actually spent some time, that's what brought me over to Europe uh, with the Metco Silesio joint venture. Uh, so I don't know what year you were there. Just I'm really bad to... with years because I try to forget how old I am. So, uh, <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry, so am I. So I don't thinking. know if that would actually tell me anything. Um, but anyway. Most, no, it yeah, would have think... been about 2011, I think. Okay, so I, I'm trying to also, I'm bad with years too, so I don't even know why I asked, but I think I came to Amsterdam like 2012, maybe, for the, okay. the joint venture. Ships, ships so passing in Europe, now. yeah, the, the Doc Morris crew, I don't know how much yeah. you work with, uh, and the EAV, yeah. Europa Apathic Venlo, Michael Cooler and team. So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, we can touch base yeah. off, offline. There's always, there's always people. <laughs> We, we might have even passed each other on the, the, the trains. I, I, for one year, I spent about uh, three days a week in, in Amsterdam okay. for, for the subsidiary there. And, and, you know, just still have brilliant connections. With, with, yeah. we, you know, pe people have moved on and all of that, but we still very much keep in touch. We, and I, I, we could I, have been in one of those meetings of like 100 people for the joint venture, right? Like everybody, you know. The, the committees of meetings of the right. joint venture and acquisition. But anyway, I think that's like, I think that whole like Salesio, like that whole project seemed to spawn off all kinds of activity, you know, in healthcare in general, like the, the attempt to kind of bring those organizations together and the acquisitions. Like I know so many people connected with that, you know, that, yeah, that, you it, know. It, it was, I suppose a lot of it was kind of ahead of its time. And for example, you know, the, the, the founder of Doc Morris, I, I knew him well, and he, you know, he's, he was, you know, a real um, kind of progressive thinker, young. Um, yeah. 
then when when that was founded, you know, it, there, there wasn't much of that kind of, you know, full service online pharmacy going on at all. Um, so, and, and perhaps, you know, when you start something like that, there's going to be challenges. Sometimes you can be too early for something. You know, there's yeah. so many um, organizations like that now. But right. of course, you know, there's always been that tension between bricks and mortar pharmacy and right. uh, and the, the online. online. Um, yeah, although right. I think COVID has pretty much leveled the playing field and a lot of the bricks and mortar pharmacies now have an online element to, to, to what they do. Right. So, but now, but in a simple terms, like PharmaPod, so you're helping these pharmacists. So you have a, you have kind of a, an efficient kind of online way to manage, you know, their reporting requirements and to help increase safety with an individual pharmacy. That's the package. Yeah. So, you know, in the way airlines will have, you know, if a plane goes down or something, they have a database to put all the incidents into. Well, yep. we are um, positioning as that for patient safety incidents. And, yep. Yep. you know, so we've always had that vision from, from the get-go. Let's pool all the information together, you know, coming away from, you know, what used to be just siloed um, incident management, you know, within a hospital or a community pharmacy. It was all locked within, you know, that right. type of community. So we just had a different approach to let's be transparent, let's facilitate the, the you know, um, the sharing of information and be the, the people that can do analysis between the different countries and also share, you know, re really um, share the information in Ireland, for example, or a good example is in Canada, where we have a response team um, of people that look at all the data that comes from the system. So we have a, a right. powerful dashboard of analytics. So at the click of a button, you can see all the incidents that have happened all anonymously, right. of course. Um, and then, you know, once you understand what the issues are, you can then build upon that and you can come up with guidance or um, training or, you know, wrap a support around a particular high risk medicine. But yeah, it's just getting that benchmark of what exactly right. are the issues and then- and do you Ahead, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, uh, does that also kind of on the recall side? So, you know, g give us a couple of examples of what you mentioned also earlier, like 90% of issues could be prevented, right? So is it combination of drug, drug interactions, uh, adverse events, uh, or, you know, or all of the above or. Like, yeah, your... absolutely. And Eugene, you know, there's so many, there's probably an infinite number of, of uh, issues that can occur like anywhere. Uh, across the patient journey that can be an issue between, you know, set, you know tr transitions of care, um, you know, communications uh, between uh, healthcare professionals that uh, perhaps it's, you know, written prescriptions by a consultant in a hospital that then gets um, given to a patient. And then because the, the, the pharmacy doesn't have the, the, um, the patient record to hand, you know, they, right. they're be duplicating a medication for example because it could be written as a generic and one of the branded mm -hmm. uh, thing that that happens quite often and you know in a lot of places where perhaps um somebody's ordering a repeat prescription and um you know perhaps a receptionist ha is tasked with you know printing that out and she sees the new she just clicks on a new drug but it's actually a generic for the branded drug so that right. you know, well not not to mention pbms how they make money, generally speaking, right? So there are always substitutions. 
there are always substitutions. And um, so we, we're not an adverse drug reaction, you know, the pharmacovigilance side of it, although we do have, um, uh, you know, we do have a, a module for that, but we really have focused on the human error that it, it can be made because really right. th that's the thing you can control and do something about. That's what, you know, you can understand the, the gaps or the weaknesses within the system because we try and take the individual out of it and it's all about weaknesses in the system, you know, root cause analysis, um, and then, you know, planning the preventative actions and all of that. But just doing right. it on a national and a global scale as well, as well now, as- Leonora, yeah, do, you, do, do you identify um, as, a, uh, as a, still as a, as a digital health, as a, do you identify, self-identify as a digital health founder? <laughs> or do you think of yourself as a startup or how do you like? How do you think yourself? Because you've been doing it now for some time, right? Uh, yeah, it's just how do I think? It's a really good question. I think uh, I think of myself as a pharmacist, although okay. I wouldn't. I yeah, I wouldn't permit myself to <laughs> dispense <laughs> medication having, you know, having uh, you know, because even if you're a year out of practice, it's it, you know, there's, there's dangers there. You know, medicines are evolving so quickly. Um, I, yeah, just to, so unlike uh, Jim and I, you don't have an identity crisis. Yeah, I'm a pharmacist. A pharmacist. You, we, we have professional goals, but we, we achieve that through technology. Get it. You know, I, I've always, you know, I've spent 10 years at a PBM and obviously, you know, part of it in US and the last, I guess, three years or so was in, out of Amsterdam. I always found that, you know, I mean, we, if you're healthy, you see a doctor once a year, if you're managing a chronic disease, let's call it roughly a month, but you generally see your pharmacist, you know, consistently, right? You, when you're picking stuff up. And I always thought it's actually, actually a tough, tough, tough job, right? Because you're in the front line dealing with patients and individuals. And by the way, if it, whether it's retail or a virtual call, right? And yeah. you're expected to know everything. Um, I, that just, that's my perception. So I'm actually kind of curious since you identify yourself as a pharmacist, I know you have been prescribed, but do you know yeah. everything? Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you actually hit the nail on the head there. People say to me, well, how come so many errors are happening in healthcare? You know, it's, it's a minefield even going into a hospital or a pharmacy or that, but you hit the nail on the head there. Medicine has evolved so much that, you know, in the pre-penicillin days, like there was a doctor and he just had all the answers in his head. You know, he had two or three things that he could do, none of which were right. really effective. He could bleed you or, you know, give you <laughs> or something. But now, you know, there's- Leeches, leeches. leeches. Yeah, leeches. Um, take a pint of blood out. Uh, but, but, but that was pretty pint much- Pint of Guinness. <laughs> replace it. But they used to give Guinness to babies for iron, you know? Um, <laughs> Every time you say Guinness, I'm going to take a shot of cognac. So <laughs> but, but now, you know, medicine has become so complex that what we have is pit crews of people. So, you know, I think for every patient that's in a hospital now, there's about 11 um, professionals that will, will feed into that journey somehow. Um, wow. So the communication between all those healthcare professionals, there's bound to be, um, so it's a teamwork now, you know, it's not about one person just making decisions. It's about teamwork um, and, and really effective communication and making sure that everyone has the, the right information at the fingertips to be able to make effective decisions for the patient. Yeah, right. Uh, well, you, know, I, you know what I want to do here, uh, I don't know where you want to go with this, Eugene, but like, 
So, okay, so we never do. You just, talk, <laughs> you just talked about, <laughs> you talked about um, starting a company in Ireland. So we've had some of these discussions before, you know, a little bit like, so you were saying, hey, you were in a full-time job. Um, you started working on PharmaPod, you incorporated, you know, thinking it was a good idea. Is that kind of what happened? And then, and then, you know, during that time frame, there's all kinds of supports that are available to you, but they kind of, it's all based on age. Like, you know, the three-year-olds can only get so much support, four-year-old companies can only get so much support. Whereas, that, so now Eugene's incorporated, you've incorporated in, um, with Health Coach in, in Delaware, right? You've done a Delaware? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't think that, do you think that way about like, like, like getting supports, like non-dilutive supports and grants? How do you think about that? You know, we, we do, um, and we, we need to put more energy into that, I guess, uh, you know, because you could really, I know some companies do it, do it really well in terms of they, they, they've devised this well-oiled machine and there's a, a you right. know, we hire somebody that just writes grants all the time. But, you know, we have, um, you know, we, we haven't gone that route, but that's once we close our current investment round, we're certainly going to invest in that because there's so much, you know, there's Horizon 2020. I know that's, you know, the, there's only maybe a round or two of that left, but there's innovation funds from Europe, but there's, yeah, everywhere you go, like we've incorporated right. BC in Canada. There's lots of sports available there, but we're just so you know busy trying to, to, to scale and to provide service that yeah. we, we do need to invest in that. It's a good... Um, you know, you know, I was I was part a while back. I was part of a so my experience with kind of um, you know Horizon money was way 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 back when. I just I, I found there was so much overhead and paperwork, um, and you kind of mentioned earlier. I think you hinted like you literally will be hiring somebody to help you with the grants and all of that. Now on one side, it, it's helpful, right? It's non dilutive cash. Um, on the other side, the question always becomes, and this is where as a business person, right? And as a founder, you need to make decisions. It, does it add value to your business or is it just you doing it for cash? I mean, ultimately there's value exchanged, right? Between yeah. right. taxpayers and yourself, but it, it's a tough, tough call. Uh, I, yeah, I flipped on it completely. So I, I came in with a very kind of, you know, like I'm not Irish, I'm not Irish, I'm not Irish American, but I'm American Irish, you know, kind of gone the other way. <laughs> when we, they, we met recently in a bar in the States before, and I was like to my colleague Kathy, is that Jim Joyce? <laughs> you know, I could see you from the anyway. Actually, the, the bar has come up a couple of times. I think you were at one of the last guests we had on, we or a recent guest we had on was Jacob Laporte, um, who was in the in JP Morgan in the bar that night, you know, with my, I think my 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 CEO in North America, Laura Hamilton, was in the bar. So we, I think we were there, you know, we were, it was, it was the same night or I don't know, I might've been in that bar more than once on that week. <laughs> I, I am sure, Jim, I, I never made it to the, to that gathering, but. Uh, what bar is that again? What's, what, what bar is that next? It's in. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't remember. I always ended up at the cliff, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and of course, of it's not about the drinking. It's about the, you know, the communing after our and sharing learnings and all of those things. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But it, they're not mutually <laughs> exclusive, by the way. Right. That's right. True. Actually, yeah, you learn a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. But I actually, think and then also, I met you. You were, I think, we. Or I'm trying to think. It was definitely through Health Excel. You were. We were doing something. Like I think we did the healthies. Remember the healthies. I do. I can remember the healthies. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, 2013, no. I remember. 
I remember. Yeah, exactly. It was the healthies. And um, I think you won the healthies that night. You went on to win lots of awards for the company after that. But that was kind of, I think, a breakthrough moment, really, for your, your career. <laughs> you know, I, I also saw that you won, uh, even though we're meticulously unproduced, I do spend about 10 seconds looking at the LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, but uh, Not for LinkedIn. I, I did notice uh, Cartier, you won some award that yeah, just stuck out. Cool. I have three three beautiful women upstairs, so like Cartier just resonated with me, but um, I don't Excellent. know. There's yeah. Otters and his wife, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Um, yeah, you know, like I remember I went along to um, a presentation by Cartier in, in, in Dublin, and it was really early stage for us. You know, we were, you know, we were so short on cash that, you know, we were so excited to find somewhere close that, you know, had cheap soup and stuff like that. That's why <laughs> I was um, but I went along to this thing um, and they, you know, it, okay, it was, you know, really posh and all, but um, there was 20,000 euros, you know, to, to be won. So, and, and it's now 100,000. Um, wow. But I just kind of thought, you know, that that's, yeah, I can, I can do that. And, and no, Irish person <laughs> had, no, no Irish person had been, um, become a finalist before. So, okay. you know, it, it was really- Kind of Eurovision. It's like the Eurovision. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Um, so, so when, went for that um, and, and won the, the European Laureate title, which was amazing. And it's, it's um, yeah, it's still really, and, and then of course, um, uh, lots of other Irish uh, founders went after that, which is brilliant. We've got a really strong track record. I, I, okay. I don't like to say we, we have the best track record, but I'll take a shot at it. But we have a really <laughs> strong track record at that. You know, oh, such shot, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so, yeah, so I want to go back to this, um, or uh, go back to the subject. So, so like, so Eugene, you, you, you don't believe in going after the grants. You, you, you do, li you, you do believe in it, but it just like, how can you get the machine oiled and chase it? And I mean, I think like it, it depends. Value? Yeah, I mean, it depends, I, in my opinion, like what, A, what's the business, right? I actually think that, uh, you know, if you can leverage a lot of research institutions um, and right. therefore the grants, yes, um, there's big value. I mean, obviously a lot of founders actually come out of these research institutions have done a lot of this already and you close right. it off. So I, for, for me, and maybe this is kind of the, the, the American in me, not the, you know, Ukrainian, right. but the American in me saying, let's just, you know, let, let's just growth hack this and yeah. just keep moving, right? Because I don't want to spend the time. I, I'm yeah. not saying, you know, at some point where we're doing some clinical validation on health coaching, we will look at it, but I, yeah. you know, it all depends, I think, timing. Also, I think it's one of these things you have to make. It's like it's it's less of a tactical decision that you think. Like I actually think it's about like it's like you know you have a founder. So one does the founder believe in spending time chasing that, and then and then it's and then you almost have to assume that you're going to chase stuff that you're going to miss, and you know and and can it add value to the organization along the way? I, I was kind of against. I was really against it for all the reasons. I thought it was kind of it was kind of an American like. Hey, you don't need the government to pick you up. You know, you build your own businesses, you sure. find real Likewise. customers, you know, but then I, I've completely flipped on it and I chase everything now. Like I chase grants everywhere. Um, and I've got a machine that's just going after them. So, cause we're always doing, I, you know, now this product's it's hardware, it's, you know, it has clinical intervention. So it does have a lot of components yeah. that fit into the, 
you know, into the baskets that they want to fund research projects on. But I've, you know, and to a lot of success, I mean, we've taken, you know, probably a couple million bucks over, you know, the last like three or four years. Um, <laughs> so absolutely, we should do it then. Do you know, do you want to see something funny? So you mentioned research there. Like I am sitting, my seat is research. <laughs> I had to pop myself up because the stand is really high. Like there's so much like US strategy report. Like all of those are different countries. Um, and what what we do is, and it's, it's, I've got it everywhere around the room. What we do is, um, or what we have done, you know, we've teamed up with universities like Trinity College, yep. in London, um, and you know, Cass Business School in London, and that, and. They've been an amazing resource because it's the executive MBA program and they do scaling projects every year. If you're in the, the executive MBA pro program, you have to do a scaling project. So if you're right. a market entry plan, you know, there are um, eager, brilliant students there that can be a resource for you. And we've really built great relationships on that. And it's been hugely valuable. So that's and, and actually great talent for the companies, right, um, as well. So it's, it's, it's really a two-way street. Um, but, you know, one, one quick comment to you, Jim. I mean, I, you know, if you look at this, there's a ton of stuff going on in the U.S. too, right? HHS. Uh, right. You know, there, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, grants and funding, you know, government funding for, you know, for, you know yeah. especially in the health and care field. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm completely European in that philosophy. I, they've got me, you know, because I remember sitting in a room and watching, you know, startup founders, and I'm like, they're like, well, hang on a second, you know, and they're kind of complaining about governments and grants. I'm like, why are you spending any mental energy on this? Um, and now I'm one of them. So I sit <laughs> so there kind of pursuing everything. <laughs> yeah, and you know, actually, you mentioned Cartier there, but I met a brilliant gentleman, uh, Spiros, who used to work for the World Bank and you know I've been in, back in touch with him recently and you know th there's organizations out there to help you get um, money from this you know seven uh, world institutions the World Bank being one um, right. and they, they'll help you with the applications again you know it's about 40 percent of a success rate but I think with COVID um, it, it, it is easier there's accelerated um, version of funds through some of those and yeah, but you know, <laughs> am I not supposed to say that? <laughs> the, the, this is a. Uh, I was waiting for it. The, the, yeah, we, you know, we just bust the chops all the time on it. Cool. Um, it's a, free, a free zone. A free zone. It's a free zone. This is this is what gets us through the week. You know, this you know, Jim Jim and I wait for this Wednesday every day to have it free of those words. But um, sorry. No, but we violate it every week. Usually it's me. <laughs> Usually it's me. <laughs> so um, quick, quick question for you. And, you know, obviously working with lots of pharmacies, uh, is it around the world or is it Ireland and Canada mainly? I'm just more curious. Um, uh, so we have uh, Australia. We have pharmacies using the solution there. Also um, care homes. So long-term care. Okay. We have a long-term care environment. Um, uh, we, we're in North America, so we're um, registered as a patient safety organization, federally listed in, in the US. So we have US clients. Um, yeah, so, and, and New Zealand, we, we, we hope to launch in this year also. UK has been, you know, one of our first markets. We work with amazing um, healthcare professionals there. But, you know, um, it, it is a global solution. So I guess, yeah. um, you know, we're just going to, and, and it's in French as well, but we need to localize in a few more languages. And, but we also have a, a vaccination platform. 
So mm -hmm. it's a, for, for vaccination consultations, it's a clinical services platform. So, um, you know, we have an app for that. And so the, the pharmacies can go and just do their, their consultations, uh, you know, on, on the platform. So you get all your demographics. So just say you have 10 pharmacies at the click of a button, you can see how the services are doing. You can do all your analysis on the demographics of the people that are being vaccinated. And this is going to come in hugely helpful when, um, yeah. when there's a COVID uh, vaccine. So, you know, we, and, and, and that does tie into our core strategy around patient safety because, you know, you're, you're having a consistent best practice approach to consultations and making sure the right information is, is getting yeah. through. And kind of follow on question, the reason I asked where are you present, like we, you know, we talk quite a lot or it's mentioned all the time, there's the big buzzword of the digital therapeutics. Um, and um, I'm actually kind of curious if you hear anything from the pharmacists about, you know, prescribing digital therapeutics and any, you know, is, mm -hmm. are there errors in that? Or is it way, way, way too early? Because I, I honestly feel like the most, if you ask nine out of 10 pharmacists, if not more, uh, yeah they will not know what a digital therapeutic is. It's just my gut, I, but I don't, you know, I've never taken a survey. Yeah, no, and it's interesting, Eugene, that's a great question, because it was only about two months ago, um, my colleague Andy, you know, raised that we should have digital therapeutics as, you know, we have drugs databases in each of the countries, um, uh, and so that we should add the digital therapeutics to that, because it's not in, in you know, there's a database in the UK called the DM plus D, there, there's Health Canada have one for Canada, but, but the dig, digital therapeutics are not in there as such. So we can't um, analyze currently the, um, the error rates, uh, you know, or the risks um, surrounding that. But that's definitely something that we should be doing in the future. And, you know, we have it there on the roadmap. It's just, I guess, because the pharmacies aren't familiar yet. Um, but yeah, you always have to be a step ahead. Yeah, I mean, I just like, you know, uh, taking this uh, kind of on the US market, I mean, mo most of the PBMs uh, are, I think I saw something where Peter Hames and uh, Big Health are now in the formulary, I think, of the CVS Care Mark. So it's Brilliant. starting right. to happen, right? Uh, so a lot of the. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have to do that for US. Um, I haven't seen it anywhere else, but you know that that you know we haven't been anywhere or everywhere. So so let's yeah, um, yeah. let's see. But I'll feed back, and it's obviously a growing area. So it's um, it'll be an interesting one to see how it all evolves. And how have you found Canada? Like, so do you think Canada, from a digital health perspective, how would you rate them? You know, Canada as a market in terms of adopting digital health. Give uh, a scale at least. <laughs> the one yeah. Okay. One to, one to 35. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, fantastic. 35 being good, I think they're way up there. Um, because, uh, you know, in pharmacy, for example, in Canada, they have a thing called the expanded scope of practice. So, and that's what a lot of the countries will aspire to around the world. So they're really okay. for how that can be done. You know, pharmacists okay. traditionally have just got you know, reimbursed for volumes of, of, of what is dispensed, which really, um, it, it doesn't help us fulfill our professional um, abilities. So, you know, we, you know, vaccinations are now reimbursed for, and, you know, th th there's, there's about 12, 14 clinical services that get reimbursed for in Alberta, for example. So that's a province right. that is hugely ahead and used as a, you know, to, something to aspire to for pharmacy. So, um, 
you know, Canada is quite complex in the sense that there's different regulators across different provinces. You, so you've kind of 10, um, you know, different conversations to have and everything and 10 slightly different regulations to deal with. But um, yeah, it's still a small country and, and you know, people are very, um, they want to adopt new things and it's, it's, it's a great market to work in. I really love working with our Canadian. You know, the other thing I... That sounds, nice. sounds like it. No, no, no. Sound, sounds <laughs> like it. Um, you know, when, when I was at the PBM, right, there was this discussion. I have actually a few friends that own pharmacies, right, um, you know, here in New Jersey, for example. And there's always this discussion on, you know, economies of scale and the value of the corner pharmacy that knows you. Like, I'm actually curious on uh, what your prediction is, especially now we're kind of in this tele-everything, mail-order everything you know, where do you see the future of the local mom and pop pharmacies knowing you? Like, I'm just, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, our, it's, it's a really good question. Uh, and, and, you know, people everywhere are kind of concerned, I suppose, about the, the Amazonification of healthcare, you know, the way it, everything is going online. But I think there's a blend. What I'd love to see is, is research, more research around you know, benefits of face-to-face -face, uh, consultations. I remember like when I was a, 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 a pharmacist, pharmacist in practice, you know, so somebody would come in with a particular um, issue, but then all of a sudden, just by even reading somebody's face or, you know, right. they, they, you could tell and you, you'd inquire and all of a sudden you, you'd unearth all of this other conversation about a family member they would have been concerned about. And next thing we'd have them in getting you know, blood pressure testing or a HbA1c test or something, and then you would have a, 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 di a diabetic, you know, um, yeah. patient. So there's an awful lot, but I'd love to see more research. I haven't seen a huge amount of research around that, but then there's right. that other side of it where, um, you know, there, there, there is an expectation uh, to be met now where, you know, everything is, is available online and, yeah. You know, for people in rural areas so so i think it's going to be a blend into the future um right you know pharmacy is definitely there's a lot of uh, work within the pharmacy and tasks if you boil it down that can be automated but it's the same in legal it's the same in all the professions um right. but i think there'll always be a, um, a huge you know part of it is you know face, face to face as well so i think um th there's room for everybody just to 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 provide a service yeah. to I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think, uh, you know, my, my personal two cents on, and of course, I think it also depends on the country and, you know, to your point, like on, on Canada, right, just it's not as highly populated, for example, so there'll be less, but, you know, I, I, I do think that they will be needed. And obviously, you know, with kind of, at least in the US with, uh, you know, CVS, yeah. there's, there's many things to do at the CVS, right, at least pre, pre the but pretty it, bad word. I think I think it's interesting, like like the whole the whole when you go to any kind of healthcare event. I think it's getting darker here, but you go to any healthcare event. Um, you have any you go to a doctor. There's anxiety associated with the appointment. You know, obviously, if you're going into the hospital, there's major anxiety. But also, you know, going into the pharmacist, it, it's kind of interesting. You, there's a level of comfort. It's like it's like when you're going through. Oh, there's a pharmacist. You know, so if something goes wrong with me, or if I need something, or you know, any kind of practical ailment that's available. So yeah. it kind of lower, it lowers your anxiety. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think people think of it that way. You know, you, you think of it like almost transactional sometimes, like I'm going to go, I've got a script. Now I go fill it. 
Um, but then, you know, I have a question about something or wherever it's kind of, it, if they go away, if you don't have these community pharmacies, then you don't have this ability to, you know, address these kind of immediate healthcare needs, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we've seen through COVID how, how we all feel and how it impacts us when we, when we can't have conversations with a human, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So in healthcare, it's so important. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at uh, Ireland, was the it, it is the most deregulated market in Europe, for example. And when when that was deregulating, so because you used to just be able to open a pharmacy and then have to um, apply for a license within a certain population and all of that. But now you can pretty much set up um, right. next door to somebody. So it's and then you, you you leave the pharmacy, hop into your Mercedes. <laughs> right, right. That used to be Ireland. It was heavily regulated. <laughs> heavily, heavily regulated. But but now, um, and everyone thought when it deregulates, there'll be there'll be you know, um, but that that there'll be about two hundred less pharmacies. People are always saying, well, there's too many pharmacies in Ireland for per head of capita, for example. But the the number keeps increasing. It doesn't matter, right. you know, what happens. The number keeps increasing. So, kind of hard to predict. I think. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's going to be a blend, long answer right. to <laughs> short question. Just like with everything else, I think it's all about a balance. Um, so on, <laughs> on that note, um, I'm uh, just looking at the time. Wow, it, it really flew right. by. We're trying to keep it. And um, Leonora, you know, uh, one thing you should know, this is our final episode of season two, whatever that means. We're not even sure. So you're the you, finalist. You're the finalist <laughs> once again. <laughs> We're giving you an award. It was really a pleasure to get to know you. Um, and uh, thank you for making the time. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Hope to get to meet in person soon. And, and Jim, see you on your travels. Yeah, we'll see you somewhere. I can't wait till we get back, out back in. I hope we can go back to uh, San Francisco and hang out in the Irish pub again soon. <laughs> yeah, and, and thanks for all the chats and inspiration. You've always been a huge inspiration, you know, along the way. You know, so, you, you know, you just all this knowledge and experience. So thanks. I agree. Oh, thanks. Jim inspired me to do this. So okay, no, it's nice. That's oh, nice. Yeah. I needed a little. Lift. I needed a little lift today because yeah. I'm in the middle of an investment raise. So thanks. I'll take it. I'll take Likewise. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've inspired us. Okay. <laughs> to all the uh, viewers, listeners, hit that subscribe button or follow button, and uh, we'll see you in season three. Thanks a million, guys. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>